0: And welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on pop culture one scene at a time. Once again, I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Brian. And today we have a very special guest. It's filmmaker and podcaster. You know him from Two Minutes About Time and recently Christmas. Actually, it's Luke Allen.
1: Hello. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here as it was your show, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days, that got me into Movie By Minute. So you're to blame for all of it.
0: <laughs> I will take responsibility and, and credit. And so thank you very much for, for joining us.
1: Well, yeah, with, with two minutes about time, you're also the reason why Robert started. So, yeah, it's...
0: <laughs> well, and then so that all goes back to Brian. Because Brian was the one who introduced me to uh, Star Wars Minute. Yes. And I, you know, i had been listening to podcasts, but so Brian introduced me to this concept of breaking down movies into minutes or scenes or parts and then talking about them. And that got me into podcasting. So How far will
2: the rabbit hole go?
0: Yeah, we've got three generations of podcasters (laughs) right here. So this
2: is a very special episode. I've got a couple of
1: people who are... Just slightly interested in starting, so maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I can. We can stretch it on to four. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like a cult. We just keep bringing people in. Um It's
1: weirdly way more addictive than I thought as well. It was like I thought, oh, doing one of these shows will be so much work. And then the moment I finished it, I noticed that every film I watch, I'm like, could I do a show on that one?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Particularly when you do, you know, with the films, when you're doing it one or two minutes at a time, there's so many episodes and that's such a long process. I, I'm i not a woman and I'm not a parent, but I imagine it's similar to giving birth where it's when it's such a pain and when it's over, you're like, that's great. And then you're like, well, okay, maybe I'll do it again. Then you have the joy of yeah. it being done. And like you said, yeah, every movie I see, I'm like, "Ah, oh, I could do a podcast
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes I step back and I wonder what's the bit I actually enjoy the most, mm-hmm. because whilst I, I like it as a whole, I can be like recording and being like, oh, I've got to cancel this for tonight. I've got a recording or whatever. And I will. I could be editing. And it's oh, this is so stressful. And it's like, what bit's the fun bit? <laughs> <laughs> why, do I, why do I like this? Um, yeah. And the fun bit's this being able to talk and have no pressure whatsoever. It's all in your control to, to edit me when I say things bad.
0: Um, so we should we we should get get to the movie and kind of let our listeners know where we are so we are into the second part of the ghost of christmas present so what we're going to cover today is from about it's about 52 minutes 46 seconds to an hour two minutes and 18 seconds so it's about a 10 minute section we're still Mm -hmm. with the ghost of christmas present we leave Scrooge's nephew, we leave Fred and Clara and their party, and we move on down to uh, the home of the Cratchits um, is the beginning of this section, and we end with the Ghost of Christmas present departing, leaving Scrooge in a snowy graveyard. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a special episode for several reasons. One, because we have um, Luke with us as a guest. that's very special. Uh, we get to see the home. Of Bob Cratchit, we get an answer to the question, the age-old question of this romance between a frog and a pig, between Kermit and Miss Piggy. What would happen if they actually got married and what would the children look like? We finally get the answer to that. But this is also special. I, I've been we we broke the movie down by song, but this this is well, it's not quite two songs, but you get a song and a half.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that. I was Perfection, like, yeah. I was like, I thought this was song by song, but I've <laughs> put a few here. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm. I'm just kind of gonna jump into it. I want to talk a little bit about when when Kermit arrive or Bob Cratchit arrives home with Tiny Tim. They've got this is uh, named on the soundtrack as Christmas Scat, and we don't get it's. You know, it's a short bit. It's like four lines of Tiny Tim singing and and. It's my
1: favorite bit of the sequence. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a funny little thing. And it, I guess it's supposed to tell us how, you know, how joyful these people are, particularly Tiny Tim, that they're so happy that they just burst out into song all the time.
1: I love the sort of kind of treadmill floor they're on when mm-hmm. they're walking because it's kind of obvious, but also it's just really charming. Yeah,
0: but... it's one of the things that, and, and Brian Henson talks about it in the disc commentary that the. The road is a spinning drum. So, in, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we see Kermit. We see his feet moving up and down, and it looks like, you know, to kind of give more impression that they're moving. You see, kind of the the snowy road revolve underneath his feet.
1: It's, it's really effective. It's yeah, surprising. I mean, it, it's not.
0: It's not like literally realistic, but it is it is But it's
1: also it's a movie with puppets. It's the right. kind of charm that you want. And before I forget, I have an issue not with Muppets Christmas Carol in general, it with the Christmas Carol as a whole, with the really? Christmas present. Sure. Because this is all on Christmas Eve. So is this not Christmas future? Like very near future, but it is I mean, yes, it's that present Christmas, but they're watching Christmas Day on the night of christmas eve and it bugged me the whole time i was studying christmas carol as gtse it was like this is not present this is future and it, yeah
0: i never thought about it that. yeah <laughs> it really bugged me
1: <laughs> yeah because i uh, i don't know whether i was going to say this now or, or later i have weirdly a lot of different involvements within different versions of a christmas carol uh, like about five or six years ago, I was in an amateur theatre production of Scrooge the Musical, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I Then last year and well, a couple of years leading up to it. But last year, last academic year, if it wasn't for Covid, I would have been sitting an English exam for GCSE on A Christmas Carol. So the actual like the the novella and the text and the quotes are engraved into my head. Mm hmm. And then now the college that I'm at, uh, there's a 1980s version of A Christmas Carol that was filmed right around where I go to college to the point that a 30-second walk away from my college campus takes you to a graveyard where there is actually a grave that says Ebenezer Scrooge.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's cool.
1: Yeah, I, I'd never actually seen that version. I knew it was filmed there, but I'd never actually seen the version until this year. And I I don't know why, but... I, well. I I don't know why I hadn't watched it before, but I was like, now I'm studying here. I'm going to recognize a load of places. And it's really weird. It's like Cratchit's house is just around the corner from my campus. And there's the church. And yeah, it's very strange seeing the place where I've spent probably most of my time in the past
0: few months mm-hmm. look so Victorian. <laughs> was that a feature film release or was that just yeah, on BBC? I'm wondering feature, if we can. I
1: think it was a TV movie, but it was pretty big. It was, I think it was the George C. Scott version. I think. Oh, okay.
0: I'm gonna have to, another
1: one. We'll have to put on the list. going I have to double check? It's yeah. It was it's 1984 Christmas Carol, uh, with yeah, Joyce Scott. Um, it's listed as a TV movie, but it's also one that I think a lot of people kind of. It might just be because I live near the area where it was filmed, but it's it's one where it's it's talked about quite a lot, in the same light. Uh, when I posted on like. Instagram or Snapchat or whatever that I was watching this, the number of messages I got from people who knew someone who was in the film, there's so little stuff that actually happens here in Shropshire that whenever there's a film being made, everyone with the slightest interest in the film industry seems to be involved.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know several of our guests have mentioned this as, as one of their, preferred or, or, or maybe perhaps even their favorite version film version of a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen the George C. Scott, but I'll I'll check it out now that we know that there's a local connection there.
1: Yeah, I would I would take a photo of the graveyard, but since I've been studying there, it's been locked up probably for COVID reasons or whatever, that like you can't go in, which is very annoying. But a lot of the other locations, it was like, hey, when I got lost looking for the bus station, that's the tunnel. I was <laughs> I was lost in. <laughs> But yeah, it, it it bugs me whenever I find out that there's been a film made locally that I didn't know about um, because there's it's one of those things like um, Enola Holmes that came out on Netflix. I don't know how mm-hmm. well that was. But, um, yeah. I was watching some of that and I was like, that looks a little bit like Shropshire and the train station. Like there's this kind of old train station that's near us. And so much of it, I was watching the film being like, I was interested in film about a year ago when they filmed this. Like I've been doing film stuff for years. Why did no one tell me this was happening? Why was a major motion picture being filmed about a half an hour drive from my house, and no one said anything? So yeah, that's annoying. But yeah. it seems yeah. to be the case with most people I know in in Shropshire who are interested in film. In terms of Enola Holmes, like we were all kind of like, "Hang on, what? <laughs> we're watching it."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that and that's that certainly made it over here. That was not a a local I mean local production for you but not just a yeah. local film like I've yeah I've seen it and um, I didn't well of course, I didn't recognize anything because I don't know Shropshire
1: but yeah I mean is uh, there in, in terms of where you're based is there a lot of like sort of more film stuff where you're about or like not much
0: <laughs> we do get a, a a few films made in the area and actually there's a film that I think I have to double check it may be it either was just released or is about to come out. It's a Liam Neeson film, uh, "The Honest Thief."
2: Uh, part oh, it's of- it's out. It's out. Oh, is it out? Yeah. So yeah. that
0: was filmed in my area, and actually, parts of it were filmed in an office building where I used to work. And there was it's a rental,
2: of- I believe, like a premium rental right now.
0: Okay, yeah, I guess it didn't get a theater because they did. This is several years ago that it was filmed, and mm. I, I, I should check it out to see if I recognize my building. I just know one day I was at work, and they sort of kicked everyone out of the lobby area and kind of cleared off part of the parking lot. And there's a scene where. I don't know if we actually got Liam Neeson on the property, but there's a scene where a couple of characters like walk through a parking lot and then they come into, uh, you know, an office building lobby, and that's that's my that's, office building.
1: That that that's cool. I'm trying to think. Other than that, I think we had like one episode of Doctor Who in the '80s was filmed near me. <laughs> and I still haven't seen that one, despite being a Doctor Who fan for some reason. The episode Mark of the Rani. Uh, there's a place here in Shropshire called Bliss Hill that is a it's a complete Victorian town. Like everything has been kept. There's people, like it's a Hmm. sort of novelty place you visit where people walk around in like Victorian dresses, characters and stuff. And you can just walk around, go into like sweet shops and buy Victorian sweets or have a lesson in a Victorian school. And it's it's a lovely place. And it's kind of weird that I think Doctor Who's the only thing that's been filmed there because it's like, why not more? You've got like
0: right. Seems to be a, a ready-made set for period pieces. Mm.
1: Well, I think there's just a lot of very old stuff around here. My house is 210 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. So so Christmas Carol. So we get to see we get to see the home of uh, the Cratchits. We've got Miss Piggy as playing Emily Cratchit, Bob's wife. Um, We've got in the book, I believe they just have the one daughter, Belinda. But here we've got—I I assume they're twins. They look about the same age, Belinda and Bettina, and even their mother can't tell them apart.
1: Yeah, I and- think there's a, there's several unnamed children in the book because mm-hmm. I remember coming up with different names at GCSE, so like trying to say to the teacher, like if I make up a name for these kids, will the yeah. examiner care? Because um- it's
0: it's like. Four or five, because there's a couple other sons. Obviously, Tiny Tim is sort of the star of the Cratchit children, but there's a couple other sons in addition to at least one daughter.
1: Yeah, I've got the text open. You've got, said a girl at one point, and then you've got, cried the two young Cratchits. So there's, yeah, replied the girl. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of kind of unnamed children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's Peter Cratchit as well.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and and, yeah, Peter figures... Well, not prominently in the film. He does a lot of turkey or goose turning. He's the one working the Ah, spit.
2: But now this, this, I mean, this is an important 10 minutes as far as the story development. I mean, he's really coming in and seeing his ways are are bad as we'll see. And uh, I guess we, 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 which again, I've only seen this movie once. So please remind me what's what what part when he sees um, them all making fun of him at the other dinner party.
0: Oh, um, when when Scrooge is visiting Fred, yeah, His, yeah, when he sees Couple the dinner. So, so we've just come period. from that. They flip it around in the book. I, was gonna I say
1: in the book, it's the other way around.
0: Yeah, they visit they visit Cratchit first, and then they go visit uh, the nephew. Where here we did so we just did the nephew, and we saw them. Yeah, Fred's little game with an unwanted creature, and then so, we go from right. that to to this.
2: So it's like a, it's a similar type of scene, in my opinion, but. You know, you see him. You see him developing a little bit more. He's concerned for Tiny Tim and what's going to happen. And he recognizes he doesn't pay anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand the flipping it around though, because the whilst this the, this film has genuinely been told to me at GCSE as one of the most accurate, true the te- to the text adaptations of A Christmas Carol, it's also. I I guess maybe when Dickens wrote it, he didn't know how much more people would be invested in the Cratchits than with Fred and his wife, Mm -hmm. because Fred's kind of a part of the story that everyone kind of forgets. (laughs) So I feel like, yeah, to put, to have Fred after this, it'd just be an instant downhill after a big, a big moment. So I I do, I do think that that switch around of scenes actually works Mm -hmm. really well.
0: Yeah. And I think why it's about making the connections and it's, it's baby steps. It's easing Scrooge along. And kind of, I yeah. think I think part of the thing, because Tiny Tim obviously reaches Scrooge. Like he is affected that. He even asked like, you know, what kind of what's in the future for the boy? He he gets an interest. But I think the interest comes because particularly early on when, well, when, when Bob pr- proposes a toast to Scrooge as the founder of the feast. And of course, Mrs. Cratchit, Miss Peggy is, is, you know, kind of harumphs at that, takes exception to, you know, why should we toast to this guy? And then tiny Tim butts in and, you know, with a toast, you know, to the founder of the feast. And so that's kind of like the entree to see like, well, this little kid who could be, you know, could be taking after his mother with her animosity towards me, but no, he's, he has a good word. Even he has a good word for a stingy old man that I am. And I think that kind of helps work his way in into mm-hmm. you know scrooge's heart
1: yeah that makes sense i yeah the, the relationship between the the cratchits especially bob and tim is definitely kind of the the center to the film i think yeah. it's also one of the most iconic christmas carol images is bob with tim on his shoulder mm-hmm. whatever yeah. adaptation you you picture um so weirdly my go-to for christmas carol adaptations is Blackadder. So this is all very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, did either of you watch the Blackadder's Christmas Carol at any point?
0: I've seen it. It's been a few years. Yeah. Um, I don't remember too many details. I remember enjoying it. It's, um, it's it is definitely a good
1: one. not as true to the text because the whole, <laughs> it's the other way around. It's that the ghost shows a nice man. Hey, this is how horrible your life could be if you turned nasty. And then he sees how actually nice the life is. And he's like, well, I'm just going to be horrible. And he messes up his life. And it's, <laughs> it's great. Um, but tiny Tiny Tim is like this overweight kid who everyone calls Tiny Tim, and they're like, "Don't call him Tiny Tiny Tim. He doesn't need anything <laughs> more to eat." And it's just, oh, it's... yeah. So, yeah, the, well, the images uh, of Black Addis Christmas Carol are always kind of in my head with whatever Christmas Carol I consume. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so let's. I ask you, what's your what's your particular history with this film?
1: I've definitely seen this once before, but I was probably about five or six and watched it on maybe a little older but between like five and ten and i watched it on vhs once other than that Mm -hmm. i have i have no recollection (laughs) because muppets a aren't quite as big here as in the u.s but b my mum's always quite creeped out by the muppets so we were never (laughs) like encouraged to watch them which makes Mm -hmm. sense and i get that i i get why they're creepy (laughs) like the ghost of um the Ghost of Christmas Present the way his beard moves while he's talking kind of creeped me out a bit today. I was like that just doesn't it's the it's the whole uncanny valley kind of thing really. The, the I think yeah, yeah. I think it it obviously it's fine when it's the animals but when it is when you've got him who's supposed to look kind of human. And it, I mean it's very true to, to the text how he looks which is good because a lot of adaptations don't seem to show him as large as he is. Um but it's yeah it's there there is definitely something kind of creepy about that so i kind of understand that but yeah i've been aware of this as a big piece of pop culture that a lot of people have been uh have said as their ideal one i know people who do watch every year it's just never really been a thing in my household
0: yeah i think it's i think it's coming on like i i I think a lot of people like are in a similar position where they're aware of it. They've seen it once, but it's not, you know, not part of a yearly tradition for as many families as some of the other
2: versions. But I think it's, I think it, it's this year. Yeah, I think it's coming back. It's, it's coming on this year. I did. I have seen a lot of it now that we're doing this. Uh, it, it seems to be everywhere.
1: Yeah. No. I've I've found that with doing the Love Actually show, is that suddenly Love Actually seems to be in around in places that it never was before. <laughs> Even to the fact that I found a twin show in America that are pretty much doing the same thing as we're doing here in Britain. <laughs> oh, really? They oh, wow. the, it, it was a podcast. They cut it out um, storyline uh, into each individual storyline, whereas we did it kind of nicking the idea from your Christmas vacation with each individual day. Mm-hmm. But essentially, both shows kind of they released all their episodes in November. We started releasing in October. And we're still going like so essentially around the same time, these two shows doing the same thing <laughs> have happened. And so I'm, I'm messaging them to see whether we can do some sort of crossover love mm-hmm. actually quiz off or something, because I feel like <laughs> it just makes no sense. I guess it's lockdown that people are just suddenly all loving these these films. But yeah, Muppets Christmas Carol, I have seen around a few places. There was a a cinema pretty local to me that was doing a screening last week that I was like partially tempted and then i was like now i'll save some money yeah
0: now it was it it was filmed in england and most of the most of the human cast the muppets are obviously the muppets and they're kind of long-standing voice actors and, and puppeteers that have worked with the henson company that that you know worked on this production but the human actors are i think entirely british I, I might have thought that that would help the the popularity, but being a an American production with sort of a, a you know an American aesthetic, even though it's set in England, maybe uh, yeah, like you said, the, the Muppets in general, not so big, but you know, it's never yeah. too late to discover.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm well, just I'll getting definitely. into it now.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely give it a proper watch through at some point. I'd imagine the DVD will become increasingly cheaper after Christmas. <laughs> um, there's a uh, there's yeah. a secondhand DVD store that's very near my college that most days I find myself going into because it's like sometimes it's like two for a pound, which is lovely. Um, so yeah, I like being a physical media guy because hardly anyone else is, and it makes it very easy to to get stuff. <laughs>
2: Yeah, physical media is good.
0: So getting back to the film and you were so earlier you were talking about the time and how it's The Ghost of Christmas Present, but he yeah, he goes a little bit forward it's a slight future, yeah. Slight future to isn't it, Christmas. is in, in the
1: in the book at this point he does think it's Christmas Day, doesn't he? I that's the one bit because isn't it supposed to be that it's supposed to be a big reveal at the end that he did them all in one night, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, cuz that makes
1: sense because it's a lot of adaptations don't make a thing out of it but i think it's in the book that it's the reveal that he did them all in one night so at this point we are to think that this is happening in the present
0: it would make sense because yeah i mean the the name of the spirit is the ghost of christmas present we are now seeing sort of the evening meal on christmas day so it would make sense that scrooge would wake up and it at least be the next day depending on how much time passes while he's with the ghost of christmas future so yeah. it is. So it would be kind of a surprise. It's like, wait a second! I was at the end of Christmas, but then I wake up and I'm back into the beginning. They did it all in one night. It's a Christmas miracle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. Actually, I never got around to watching it all the way through. Did it make it to America? There was a BBC Christmas Carol series last year that went really dark.
0: Was that the one? Was that the one with Guy Pearce? Oh,
1: I think it is. It might have been. I remember hearing people talk about it there was a whole thing about like Scrooge being sexually abused as a child in like a scene or something. And it was kind of uh, people either loved it or hated it. I it, yeah, I, I did, liked I the concept of them actually kind of mm-hmm. taking it to how dark the novel is in places.
0: It is, you know, it is a very much a, a, a horror story. I mean, there's ghosts and you know, the dead coming yeah. back and all that. Yeah. This is, I had it, this was, um, it did play here in the States
1: yeah i watched the first one i think mm-hmm. but i can't remember because yeah i remember hearing really mixed things i think our, our, our teachers at gcse i remember them sending an email regretting that they recommended us all watch it after they realized the certain <laughs> topics it went into <laughs> and they were kind of like we can't really recommend this anymore <laughs> yeah which is weird jumping straight to a level one year later in the films that we're having to watch and the text we're having to study a level where it's something like they're like hey you're adults now do we let's study this really in-depth sex scene chapter in
0: handmaid's tale for <laughs> two lessons yeah yeah so i, I want to talk about because we're talking about the passage of time and 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 yes, past and yeah. present and all that it's interesting so in this scene as I guess it's evening, but it's still daytime. It's still light out as the spirit and Scrooge are approaching uh, the crotch at home. But then, you know, kind of like the, the camera flips inside, we see the family. And then when, but when we go back outside and we see uh, Bob and tiny Tim coming up the lane, then all of a sudden it's dark and we see the light coming through the windows of the houses and right. it's nighttime. So there is a little bit, we get some passage of time here. I don't know if, if like Scrooge feels it, so he must have he must be here for at least a few hours, I would guess, from daytime into into nighttime.
1: Yeah, it's it it's kind of strange in places. A lot of this kind of the the passage of time and that the whole bit at the end, whilst kind of looking great, like towards the end of the time, of the Cratchit with with the lights going out and him staying on. It, it's so it feels really theatrical, really. It feels like the sort of thing you'd have on, on stage and then the curtains would go down and you cut to the next bit. But, yeah, I don't know. it's yeah, yeah.
0: And the other thing in particular like, about the scene is so the outdoor stuff is very dark. um well, obviously, once it's it's nighttime, it's dark, and we'll see kind of the the next section is dark. But then the parts while we're inside the Cratchit at home. I mean, at this time, this is sort of pre-electric light. So the house is lit by the fire in the fireplace and candles. So there's a very it's very reddish. It's kind of fire tones, warm tones inside the house. part of I guess part of the mood that I get, particularly from the scene. And then the other thing is there's a lot of talk about smells. They keep going back to the smell, where, like Peter's turning the the spit and he says, "Oh, it smells so good." And then Piggy goes, it does, doesn't it? And then Rizzo chimes in, was, oh, that smells so wonderful. Like, they, like I guess I feel like they're trying to kind of push me as an audience member to be, like, kind of kicking off the senses. Like, okay, here's the, you know, we're going to warm candlelight lit scene, and we're going to tell you, because obviously we can't smell the film, but to kind of, you know, give us more senses to make it homely so it's
2: warm it smells good yeah see i thought with that i mean because he says he doesn't pay him much and and but they're still enjoying a great dinner that's how i kind of i I didn't get so much into like the senses part but just like oh wow this is a great this is a great dinner they're happy to be with each other you know kind of like reinforcing you know family is the only thing that matters
1: yeah there's a lot in the novella about the smells and the food isn't there trying to find it i did have it loaded Mm. up and i can't um because it goes into there's a lot of description i think it's around here where they go into the the food yeah i don't recall can't find exactly but there's.
0: yeah i don't recall as much this scene i know certainly when the ghost of christmas present first arrives there's a lot of time dickens spends a lot of time describing yeah the foods and the feasts that are in that room with with the spirit of of Christmas present when he first appears and all the things that Scrooge sees then, yeah, there's this food is is certainly a part of of the story in the in the original.
1: I remember it. it I remember it being kind of a very kind of sensory experience. There's still quite a lot in describing, maybe not necessarily just the smell, but describing a lot of the food and metaphors. So you've got kind of, hello, a great uh, deal of steam. The pudding was out of the copper. A smell like washing day. That was the cloth. A smell like eating. House and a pastry cook's next door to each other. With a lawn dress next door to that. That was the pudding. In half a minute, Missus Cratchit entered, flushed but s- smiling proudly with the pudding, like a speckled cannonball, so hard and firm, blazing in half a quarton of it, uh, ignited brandy. And it's very far away on my notes. Very small text <laughs> with the Christmas Holly <laughs> stuck on the top. And there's at least like five or six other paragraphs, kind of describing different parts of the meal in that way. But interesting, yeah. yeah it's interesting because it's a very short novella to put so much kind of focus on
2: food i'm gonna have to go back and watch this then because i yeah like i said i did not (laughs) get it so much as far as oh yeah scents and smells i just thought oh what a great meal
0: yeah and the 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 spirit makes a point to that it's um yeah it's not lavish or fancy or expensive but but it's home um, it's family that type of yeah and so speaking of family so let's talk about at least mention the fact that, so in the Cratchit family, the father, Bob, is a frog. The mother, Emily, is a pig. And the children, there's two boys and two girls. The girls are pigs and the boys are frogs. Is this this what we expected? Is this what you would think would happen if a frog and a pig got married? I wanted the frog
2: face on the pig body.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wanted a kind of messed up blend of the two. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the 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 pig slaves in Doctor Who that were like half human, <laughs> half pig. Um, it might have put a little bit of a kind of downer on the
2: <laughs> on the scene. No, but... I mean, it may th- this makes the most sense. I mean, all jokes aside, this this is this is the way you do it. You have a couple of each <laughs> species. Yeah, you don't. You can't mutate them.
1: Or even it might it might have been kind of funny to to have the kids with as just frogs with pig ears or pigs yeah. out. That could be quite funny. Yeah, I was wondering but how I'm that sure would look. I a kid getting terrified by something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got the kind of the fear factor section, like the scary bits coming with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Like there are certainly scary bits of the story and and of this film, and this scene is not supposed to be one of them. I don't think. I don't think we got. Yeah,
1: it. I, I think. Yeah, I think if we did actually have kind of a a deformed mix of the two, it would it would be one of those things where. You, you know, I think there's a lot of kids' movies have that part that's not supposed to be scary, but mm-hmm. kids become really creeped out by. Yeah. Uh, so I I loved Finding Nemo when I was little, but mm-hmm. the uh, the Ring of Fire scene oh, terrified yeah. me. I had to leave every time, even when I went to see Finding Nemo on Ice. I, I walked out <laughs> at that point and came back in. Uh, Nemo on Ice,
0: yeah.
1: Incidentally, I have, I have seen it since it's not, it's not um, but yeah, it's, you, uh, you faced your fears. I did the fear of the hahu hoo 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 Finding Nemo has to be done MXM. I love that movie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't yet, but there's, you know, there's the, the Disney animated essentials. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll get up to it. Although they've, um, well, the argument, I was going to say like, they started with Snow White, and they've got many films to go till they get to Nemo, but I don't think they're going in release order. Was Toy Story uh, done, by the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think yeah. they're – someone is just – yeah, someone's – I don't think they're doing all of Pixar, but they're doing Toy Story, and they're at least – they're up to they're, – they're into sequels. They may be into three. They've at least done two. So yeah, so Toy Story whole, minutes out there.
1: Another another film which kind of because there's a few that that kind of surprised me, and I didn't check the spreadsheet as to whether this one had been taken, but it's not on the website as a currently released show. Mm-hmm. I embarrassingly way too um, waited way too long to see it, but yesterday I watched The Sixth Sense for the first time, and as <laughs> soon as I came out of that, I was like, oh, someone's got to have done a show, and it was like, nope, there's no there's there's no Sixth Sense show at least on the website i haven't checked the spreadsheet but it, it, it was one of those where like because i knew the ending through mm-hmm. pop culture it was kind of like i didn't think it was going to work but it ended up being a completely different film to how i expected it to be anyway and i may have cried for like the last 15 minutes but okay. yeah that's. Uh... And, and
0: you you enjoyed it even going in i know a lot of people have said they kind of figured out the twist early on but even just knowing it from again pop culture yeah, you still enjoyed the film.
1: I I did. Yeah, it was because yeah, someone had told me it was their favorite film, and so I was like, oh, well, I'll give it a watch, because uh, I'd never heard anyone refer to it as their favorite film before. I just it's just been a film that I knew existed, so I was like, right. okay, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a watch. The only bit that was confusing is, I, I, I assume everyone knows a twist, but I won't say it just in case so someone can have a better experience than I did.
2: Um, I mean, it's 20 years old. You, or, you could you could Yeah, a yeah, 20-year-old movie. It
1: it was mostly knowing the twist and not quite realizing the moments in which the characters realized. Mm-hmm. There was there was a moment earlier on where I was pretty sure Bruce Willis had realized, and it was like, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, now, another film from, I believe, the same year, 1999. Have you seen Stir of Echoes with Kevin I could, Bacon? I
1: don't think I've even heard of that.
0: Okay. Yeah. It kind of, it was one of those things. It was like a deep impact Armageddon type thing where you have two similar movies come out at the same time. It's a similar present, similar premise of communicating with the dead or speaking with the dead. And there's a child involved, but it's a little bit different, but I think it was released. I think it was released like the same week or maybe a week before six Sense, but they're similar enough that kind of Sixth Sense was the big hit of that year, and then no one seen Stir of Echoes. I think Stir of Echoes is better, like so much better. Like mm-hmm. when I first saw Sixth Sense, like many people, I walked out going, oh wow, this is great. This new director, um, what's his? M. Night. M- yeah, M. Night. I'm like, this M. Night guy is great. This is a great movie. And then I saw Stir of Echoes. And then I'm like, the Sixth Sense is crap. <laughs> the the sixth sense is not good at all stir of echoes does something similar and it does it i think so much better so i would recommend well, i will
1: i will also i i will send that recommendation to my friend who said sixth sense was her favorite film and see yeah
0: so i would and, and so i would say yeah check check it out it's and i'm not surprised you haven't heard of it again it just kind of got it got lost in the the buzz and the hype of Sixth Sense, you know, unfortunately being released right around the same time. It's got a pretty good cast. You know, Kevin Bacon, Ileana Douglas, maybe a few other folks, Um, you know, not a lot of other big stars. Those are kind of like the most well-known people, at least to me, in the cast list. But yeah, I I like the, the
1: fact that because of like a generational thing. Kevin Bacon is an actor who I've known and loved Loved the films of his. But for the whole time I've been around, he's not been, like, a big name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of been the bloke who does all right films. <laughs> kind of <laughs> weird. Um, I really like Wait. She's Having a Baby. That's one of my favorite Kevin Bacon <laughs> 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 movies. But he also does ads for EE. E. That's, that's how I know him. He does a mm-hmm. lot of phone ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I kind of I'm like the Kevin Bacon generation. He's about 15 years older than I am, but he started acting really young. So like my whole adult life or the whole most of my life that I can remember, I can remember Kevin Bacon films. And he's kind of like kind of like a Michael Douglas in that okay. he yeah. he's got a lot of great, you know, he can act. He's got a lot of great parts, a lot of great movies. He also's got a few things. There's a few duds in there. I'm not gonna say everything kevin bacon has done is a hit you know i'm not gonna say you have to see everything but
1: didn't he do a film recently where he was married to amanda seyfried because there's an age difference there
0: (laughs) well yeah and that's a that's a hollywood issue that they do that. yeah i think i think you're right i haven't
1: seen it they might be like a thing that they acknowledge as part of the plot or whatever but i remember seeing i'm a big amanda seyfried fan i remember Mm -hmm. seeing
0: that being announced and i was like hang on what (laughs) because that's Almost 30 years difference, like 27, 28, something.
1: Yeah, probably.
2: Yeah. Where he's well, yeah. I mean, he's married
0: to her in this movie.
1: I believe so. That's I fine. believe Amanda Cypher plays his wife. What's wow. the film called? Had
2: it. I yeah, believe it's that's, called that's... You Should Have Left. You should have um, Left. Okay, we'll have to check it out, Sean.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Well, we'll we'll check that out. But yeah, so so if you if it you can be like... bad, I've
1: never seen it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah
0: um, so yeah, if if you've seen Sixth Sense, I would recommend seeing Stir of Echoes and then you can kind of compare and contrast and how they handle. Again, it's not exactly the same, but it is a similar sort of premise of speaking with the dead and, and so forth. And I guess that's kind of a spoiler for Sixth Sense if you don't know dead people are involved. Although no, that comes out pretty, you don't know who's dead, but I guess it comes out pretty early. Yeah, it was one of those things that it surprised
1: compared. me how late into the film that was revealed, because once again, it was a thing that, Mm-hmm. That line is kind of the line that's been. I mean, I think Scary Movie did it at one point, and it was mm-hmm. like it was ev- ev- everywhere. Yeah. So I kind of went, "That's the premise of the film." And then when it took forty-five minutes for that to be revealed, it was like, "Is this supposed to be a big reveal?" I like, <laughs> I thought this was the plot. Um,
0: oh yeah, and I didn't. Even, oh, I'm. Then I guess I should. I'll have to put a spoiler alert in. I didn't real. I didn't remember it being so late in the film I because yeah, you know, like about, you said, that's yeah. what it's about.
1: It's um has there ever been an mxm show that does like compare films in that kind of way because that'd be interesting to do like an mxm show where like you bounce between like a minute of one film and a minute of of another and kind of i don't know
0: it's that idea has been kicked around by a lot of different people for a lot of different movies um you know i I mentioned the
1: the, the shot for shot um psycho would be the Mm -hmm. obvious one i guess
0: yeah, you could do it for Psycho. There's deep impact in Armageddon. There was what was it? Um like Volcano and Dante's Peak that were both about a mm. uh, volcanic eruption in Los Angeles. That it there's yeah, there's there's several pairs of movies that came out around the same time usually that are very similar in in plot and structure and, and but no one's actually done it yeah. do it, but the the idea is out there. So so speaking of, you know, lines and, and bits and so forth, do you have do you have it? you know, is there a favorite line, a favorite scene? Oh, that was a good segue. Yeah, from, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. You know, so what? Like, what's your favorite bit from this film? Um, from
1: having only got the knowledge of this sequence, because it's been years, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I do really like the uh, Bob and Tim singing and, and walking. <laughs> it, it kind of just put a real kind of nice smile to my face. It surprised me with the whole sequence as well, how quickly it took, adjust to the puppets thing Mm -hmm. because i thought it was just because i i kind of being aware of it thought oh knowing the story so well it's going to be so weird to kind of see it done by muppets but it was like about four minutes into my first watch through i'd say and then i rewatched it one or two more times i kind of was just used to it so that's good (laughs) yeah sorry that wasn't the answer yeah. to your question at all uh, but the, yeah no, that's, the,
0: the, the, the walking that's what bit. <laughs> i knew it was i knew like you know not being as familiar with the film i know some of the guests we've talked to where it's like oh no this is you know annual tradition they watch it every year on christmas and you know they they've got lots of bits so knowing you haven't seen the film as much and you're not as familiar i kind of knew that was a going to be a tough question so really my I, big
1: annual tradition yeah. is lethal weapon
0: there you go oh, very nice
1: I, 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 I nice it's, the, it's the first movie I watch to kick off the Christmas season each year. Because I like, I didn't do it as much this year as I've done other mm-hmm. years, but I like doing a slow progression of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind of start with Lethal Weapon until you slide into like Die Hard to Gremlins to Christmas Vacation and kind of that.
2: Very good. That's a smart way.
1: Whereas this year I was kind of like, i just want it to be christmas and i went straight in with so i think literally like straight after lethal weapon i watched nativity which i don't think (laughs) is that well known in america but the nativity movies are big here okay with martin freeman playing a school teacher it's uh, The second one's got david tennant playing twins (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh kind of semi-improvised uh movies about school nativity players that are Hmm. massive here that I always watch every year, but Lethal Weapon kicks it
0: off first. Nice. Excellent. Um, so Brian, same question, and I'm gonna I'll challenge you to I'll, I'll restrict you to this section of the film. You know, any anything stick
2: out in, in your mind or your nose? Well, what I like is the fact that he that Scrooge just he's in shock. Mm-hmm. about what they're doing. Like I said I mm-hmm. like I brought up about how I, you know I don't even pay him what what is this guy doing? Yeah. And he just you could see he's like wow. To Scrooge this is a peon, but yeah. he almost has more than Scrooge in this scene.
0: Right. This yeah, and we've seen, you know, we don't see what Scrooge does for Christmas though, we can we can guess based on the meal he had was mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, a wedge of cheese, some bread and just Scrooge sitting in front of his fireplace in front of, a, you know, in an otherwise dark room mm-hmm. versus, the, you know, the this meager feast that they're having, but they're so happy about it. Right. Um, what little they have. So mm-hmm. there's a, a contrast there. Yeah, that's good. I got to I got to give a shout out to to Tiny Tim in this scene played by mm-hmm. uh, played by Robin. So this is kind of one of the. Um, Ensemble Muppets that that we see in many of these uh, you know many of the pieces usually plays a nephew to Kermit. Here's the son, but when when they get back from church and they're preparing for the feast, little tiny Tim gives us the goose, the goose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and then like just the sad little cough, like just that little bit of excitement to kind of emphasize how how weak and ailing this child is. That just that little bit. He has that little bit of excitement, and then he kind of slumps over and starts coughing just from his little goose line. But that's, that's the line I'm going to pull out for, for this bit. The goose, the goose. Um, and so towards the end, the, the ghost of Christmas spirit, who has been so jolly and giving and loving and full of the Christmas spirit, man, suddenly turns snarky and sassy and he throws scrooge's words back at him when when scrooge at the end so his heart his heart is starting to grow the ice is starting to melt and scrooge asks, spirit tell me if tiny tim will live and first first he kind of punts the spirit does that is the future my realm is the present but then he says "Ah, i see a vacant seat by the (laughs) chimney corner and a crutch without an owner But then he's like, well, what then? If he's going to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Uh, You know, call back to Scrooge's retort when uh, Bunsen and Beaker were asking him for charity in the beginning of the film.
1: And it does also link to, and I can't remember the name of it, but there was a big kind of book study thing that was done. At the around the time that Christmas Carol was released that um Dickens was referencing in terms of like a big study upon the the surplus population and the dangers within that, mm-hmm. so it was kind of a very up to date at the time kind of political commentary really
0: yeah, so people reading it at the time would have picked up on that reference um, yeah but, you know direct reference so interesting interesting bit, and in that it kind of forces you know, pre- present Scrooge to really think about his attitude and what he's been saying. It's easy enough to say in the abstract, like the poor people out there somewhere that mm-hmm. I don't actually see and deal with, bah humbug, they should just die and get out of the way. Where here is like, well, no, when you say that, this is who you're talking about. You're talking right. about this poor little frog with his little crutch and, you know, his little suit jacket holding his little cup, you know, toasting to toasting to you, Scrooge. And you're saying he should just die. And don't you feel bad? Man. And, yeah.
2: Intense.
1: <laughs> it, gets, it gets emotional. It is, especially for, like, because it's such a well-known text, you don't mm-hmm. kind of twig how for a, a kid's movie, <laughs> this is, like, real deep and dark themes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite interesting. We, yeah, with the number of times it's been spoofed or or done, and these lines, they kind of until you kind of take a step back and think about them,
0: are, are big, heavy things. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and I wonder if it's the kind of thing, I think, because it's so pervasive, and there's been so many adaptions, you know, on film and on television of the story, that people feel like they know it, but they haven't really paid attention to it in detail. And and I'm I'm guessing most people haven't, read the original that they've just seen. They've just seen it on the screen that when you yeah. get into it, that it is, it it gets dark at times. It gets scary. It gets emotional that all those things are are in there. And, and this film being true to the text has all those aspects as well, mm-hmm. including a dead little frog.
2: It's yeah. Yeah, It's Good. Good part of the movie for sure.
1: Yeah. It's a very kind of, Big and important scene, and I do at this point. I do really like Michael Caine's performance. There's a bit later on in this sequence that I'm not a fan of, but here I think just his reaction shots are a, a really kind of powerful.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's uh, and we'll see it more even in the next scene, crying and kind of getting emotional. It's it's good. It's great.
1: I kind of I'll admit I ha- having not seen the whole the whole film through in years. I do struggle to see Michael Caine as Scrooge because he's always just, at least in my mind, been a very kind of friendly persona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a big kind of icon of Britishness, really. He just always seems to be smiling in every photo you see of him that to kind of throw those preconceptions away and consider him as a, as a horrible miserly old man. I, i if I, I say I found this effective, some of the other bits I wasn't quite sure about, but I'm sure with the context of the rest of the film by this point I'd have been so. Mm-hmm. How is the progression in this film from him being horrible to being nice? Is it a nice slow progression, or does it feel a bit quick in places?
2: I think it's, I'll let you answer that, Brian. I certainly have my opinion. I think it. Uh, I think it goes nicely. I think it, it definitely. I mean, it's a short movie. But it it flows. I mean, again, breaking it down scene to scene, I feel like that part almost could be a little missed in how we're breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because we're just we're seeing it and then like analyzing it. So it, it seems long, but it's really not. But I, I think it's the appropriate amount.
1: Yeah, I found that we're doing love actually that certain parts I was like, this doesn't flow or this doesn't work. But it's like actually it does. It's just not oh, right. Not like exactly. that.
2: Exactly. Like the two scenes, the one went before compared to this. They're, to me, they're very similar. But really, when you watch the whole movie, it does flow.
0: Yeah. yeah. what I particularly like the, the way they switch these scenes around, that they go to the family first and we see the nephew and we see the people, um, you know, kind of their scorn for Scrooge and they're laughing at him. And he's kind of sort of the, he's the butt of their jokes. Yeah. And then then going to the cratchits and seeing well here's a family where they all love each other and they support each other and they're you know they they have their problems and they've got their foibles you know they're not perfect but they're not picking at each other and and you know making fun the way scrooge's family is so it kind of I feel like that progression you know here's the bad thing the bad you know because you're negative to your family and you haven't opened yourself up to them you've become this object of scorn and then, so he and then here's well, here's what your family could be. Here's what you could have if you open your up yourself up to the possibility. So I do like the yeah. progression and and talking about Michael Caine, you know the, the the main song in this part is you know the Cratchit singing "Bless Us All" and they cut to him a few times and him looking on. And I think he he you know he he's not doing anything. He's just standing there watching puppets sing. But I do feel there's emotion in his face and and I think this this film does a good job of that transition across from beginning to end of showing yeah. the the change in, you know, the, the change in Scrooge.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's quick. I, I definitely don't think it's abrupt. And it's like, Oh wow. He's, he's a, nice now as it, it takes several scenes to get there. Yeah. Mm. I
0: mean, the, the, the quickest bit, if I was going to say there was one thing that, that seemed quick is um, going back a couple of sections. we well, going back to, the the beginning part with the ghost of Christmas present that it feels like Christmas song where in the beginning he's very skeptical and he's kind of poo-pooing this whole concept. And by the end of the song, he's, he's dancing, you know, he's dancing along with the spirit over the course of, and that's just three or four minutes, you know, within the single song. that. That is true. But also that's a catchy tune. Like even if he, you know, he may still think Christmas is a humbug, but that doesn't mean he doesn't recognize a good song when he's hears it.
1: It's, it's also a little like that in a lot of adaptations as well. Like mm-hmm. that that kind of moment at the party seems a bit, yeah, a bit odd, which I guess when you've got the scenes the other way around as they are in the book might kind of work a bit better because you can see that he's kind of by this point invested in becoming a better man. Mm-hmm. So when you then move to him dancing about in the party I think that's possibly in a lot of other versions kind of flows a little better in that way but I'm I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember what way around those two scenes have been in other versions I've seen because I think it might be this way around quite often.
0: You know, I yeah, I don't remember. And I just recently watched the 1938 film version. I don't remember how they do it there. I do think they do it this way in in Scrooge, in the Bill Murray version that he goes and he sees the family, um you know his his brother in in that case instead of the nephew
1: there's there's yeah. there's another film on my guilty have not ever seen list <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great. That's another one of my you know it's up there that's in a, terms of my yeah, favorite a, a, a adaptations. One. yeah, I would say check out, yeah, the bill Murray I feel like I'm Scrooge. probably
1: yeah, I feel like I'm probably just around about the right age to watch it and fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I don't know. It is a more adult yeah. version. It's not aimed at at children the I way. Think obviously, the it's still cyber. like
1: it's still like PG. So it's not like it was you know certain <laughs> themes that don't work. But I feel like the appreciation for Bill Murray as a comic presence, I definitely have a lot more now than I would have done if I watched it when I was like ten.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: I I feel like we're kind of getting towards the end of our conversation for for this this part, yeah. And so any yes, my
1: tangents. There we go. (laughs) Apologies.
0: That's fine. But uh, yeah, any so Luke, any any closing thoughts on on the Cratchit household, on the Ghost of Christmas Present, on on Muppet Christmas Carol in general?
1: I like the song
0: that that
1: Tim sings towards the end, which is very nice. I wasn't sure of it in my first watch through, but when I rewatched it the second time. It was like actually, no, it's quite nice and does fit quite well. Um, I'm not sure about the effects at the very end of the sequence when the when the ghost disappears. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't need those kind of glittery sparkles to it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be, you know, kind of emphasize like the magic of the ghost of Christmas Present or something. I, I can agree
2: on that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I I took. That he's kind of going away and like, it is magic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how yeah. I read it. Brian. It and just, he,
1: so oh. sorry. It, it, it just seems so different texture wise to the rest of it in a way. But yeah, that, that's all.
2: The actual effect you're talking, just, just yeah, the yeah. effect you're referring to. Yeah. I yeah. could see that. I could see that.
0: Yeah. Cause there's nothing else in that in the film of that, I don't know if it's supposed to be reminiscent of like the lights on a Christmas tree. Cause it's, there's red and <laughs> yeah. blue and green and in different sparkly lights.
1: Or even if we just saw some of the lights on Michael Caine's face mm-hmm. or something, cause it's so obvious post-production because it, the lights are not affecting anything around them.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So,
2: yeah. Uh, so you know, Brian, any, any closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to like this film and come around to it. I mean, it's it's a good adaptation. It's I, I I'm not that familiar. I don't think I've seen anything other than Scrooge Christmas Carol wise. It's just okay. completely off my radar. Um right now it's neck and neck between this and Scrooge as what's gonna be better. Maybe on the last mm-hmm. episode I will reveal my rankings.
0: Okay. All right. But Ooh. um
2: it it's it's growing on me. It's it, this was a good section. This was a good section. Good,
0: yeah. My closing thought, I'll say, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about the main song, Bless Us All. I will only say that, like, for me, like, I, while I'm watching it and while they're doing it, I'm like, meh. But then after I watch the movie, I catch myself humming the song. Like, it's stuck in yeah. my head. And then I think, well, maybe this song is better than I thought. Like Because yeah, it, when it, it
1: first came in, it felt yeah. almost to me like they were like, yeah, oh, we haven't done a song in a while. We just need mm-hmm. to find a place. We'll put one here.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, when it got to second time around, I was like, actually, I really like this. It it grows on you, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so wrapping up, Luke. Thanks again. Thank you very much yeah, for 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 joining us. And I'm sure. So for yeah. for our listeners that may not be familiar with um, with all your work, where can where can they find you and where can they hear more from you?
1: Um, so uh, I, I used to say that all of my podcast appearances are on my website, but I feel I'm a bit behind on adding them. <laughs> uh, I'm that's lukeallen.co.uk. You can find my short films or everything that I do is, is on there or at least forwarding links to that newspaper articles that I'm slightly mentioned in. are probably on there. Um, Other than that, uh, Twitter, I'm at llama underscore bottle zero. I created that years and years ago and I've got it on 500 business cards. So that is staying. (laughs) Um, staying, I'm on Instagram at the ginger Luke on Facebook at Luke Allen film. Um, my podcast, Christmas Actually, doing Love Actually day by day, and Two Minutes About Time, looking at About Time, two minutes at a time, are both out there. As they can tell from that, I'm a massive Richard Curtis fan, so a lot mm. of my stuff kind of revolves around his work. And I surprised I haven't brought him up. I don't think, if it's a, Well, I did Blackout's <laughs> Christmas Carol. I, I did. I did bring him up. Never mind. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's I, I do a lot of podcast stuff. I guess the main place. Uh, to find my stuff now is PodChaser, mm-hmm. which I'm okay. still getting my head around. I think I'm the Ginger Luke on there, uh, or just search Luke Allen and everything I'm involved in. I think is on there. I haven't got around to adding them all to my website. It's been a while. A lot of the info on my website is out of date, but maybe it won't <laughs> be by the time you're listening
0: to this. Maybe it won't be. Okay, um, so folks, listeners, please you know check check that out and um, you know check out our. Our other holiday specials, of course, you can all find those at nextscenepod.com, including National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Uh, follow us at NextScenePod on the social media. Jelly of the Month Club, as always, is our Facebook listeners group. And there's only three more sleeps until the next episode.
1: And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us.
0: God bless us, everyone. The love we found, the love we found we carry with us,
1: so we're never quite alone. The love we found, the love we found, the sweetest
2: dream that we have.